Hey everybody, welcome back to the Candid Community Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Nick Glue, and if this is your first time joining us, this is a podcast where we want to inspire you as a business leader, a community leader, maybe you're an entrepreneur, or a leader wherever you might have influence. So today on the podcast, we're going to set the stage and then we're going to step out of the way because we want to share with you a recording from an event that we hosted here at Marion Economic Development earlier in the week. It's part of a new series that we launched in 2022 called The Story Of. And you you might be listening saying, uh, complete the sentence, the story of what? Um We'll, we'll answer that question in just a minute, but first, uh, Brady Quinn on our Medco team is joining us on the podcast again, and uh, Brady, just tell us a little bit, uh, what, what is this Story of series uh, all about? Yeah, thanks, Nick, and thank you for listening today. So the story of, uh, the idea around it is connecting a successful entrepreneur from our community to the startup and entrepreneur community, right? So not just around your aspiring and current startup, but maybe a, a current entrepreneur, or maybe you're just a local supporter of our entrepreneur ecosystem. So the, the whole idea is to engage these folks, to energize them, and ultimately to cultivate this entrepreneur ecosystem in our community of Marion. So really, we're, we're creating a platform and environment for uh, folks that have grown successful companies to kind of share their expertise. Um, Put them in front of aspiring folks who might, maybe they're that next generation of community and business leaders that um, have an idea, but know that it's a bumpy road along the way. And uh, we, we put successful folks in front of them to, to tell their stories and how they overcame adversity and challenges to to grow the companies in our community that, that we recognize today. So, uh, Brady, let, let's complete that sentence. Um, our conversation this week was the story of... Yes, the story of the ESCO Group. Uh, ESCO is a company that has been in our community since... 1964. 1964. So, founded in, uh, in a basement in our community uh, by Wayne Engel. Uh, if you're here in Marion, that's a familiar name uh, to you. The Engel family has really left quite the legacy in our community. And so we had the opportunity to welcome current uh, President and CEO Ray Brown, literally sitting alongside uh, Wayne Engel, uh, who founded the company with his wife many years ago. And, and Wayne will, will share those great stories, but it was, it was great to see Wayne here in person. Yeah, and I know he's a special guy to the community, and, and it was special to have him and a few of his ESCO teammates and honestly some folks that they'd been doing business with for years and years in the room. Just a great experience. Yeah. So we'll step out of the way. And uh, with that, here is the story of the ESCO group. Yeah, thank you, Brady and uh, Nick. Uh, it's uh, really great to be with all of you this morning. And uh, um, we're here to witness uh, Wayne. And I'm going to turn this over to him because I actually came here because I wanted to hear Wayne talk as well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, moments like this doesn't don't happen very often and um, you know I, what I will say is you know the uh, the Wayne's legacy and the Engel family it's it's something that uh, I'm super humbled and just um, very grateful that uh, continue the the legacy and and just seeing so many familiar faces out here um, just is really you think about I'm gonna turn this back over to Wayne but you know, why is Marion so important and Medco so important and, and really driving the entrepreneurial spirit? And 
um, just this warm welcome and familiar faces and um, really that focus on doing whatever it takes from a community standpoint to grow small businesses. Um, that's kind of been Medco's mission for, you know, ever since this guy was one of the founding fathers of Medco, and I'm sure he'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, it's kind of funny how it comes full circle, and it's now it's our generation to make sure that we celebrate the past and then continue to grow the future. Uh, with that, um, I'm excited to introduce uh, a very good friend of mine, a mentor, um, someone that I never did report to at ESCO, which is probably good because I probably would have been fired. <laughs> Wouldn't be here today. <laughs> In fact, I know we've always shared some funny stories. As, uh, as you know, I grew up at ESCO some 30 years ago, started with ESCO um, in the summer of 92. And I know Wayne's often joked with me, it's just like, son, David, I'm not too sure what you see in that kid, Ray. <laughs> not too sure, sure if he's going to make it or not. <laughs> You know, I'm not too sure if I was going to make it back then or not, but uh, I'm just really blessed to uh, uh, be continuing on that the Engel legacy. And I'll turn it over to Wayne. Wayne, we got a few PowerPoints, but this is kind of your your time to kind of take uh, take over the uh, the conversation here a little bit. And uh, I know, you know, first and foremost that uh, you know Shirley and the entire Engel family. That's been a big part of 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 ESCO, how it got its starts. Um, it was really Wayne and, and Shirley that uh, were the cornerstone of ESCO and getting it started. And it's a story that I still share today with customers and, and clients and employees coming in that, uh, um, you know, being in our headquarters in Marion, uh, you know, that beginning of ESCO started just about a mile away from our office out there on Tower Terrace Road. So. Uh, we've tra traveled far and around the world, but we haven't traveled that far from a community standpoint. So I think that's a great way for you to kind of take over the conversation a little bit here, young man. It took you long enough to turn it over to me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure how long my 90-year-old voice is going to hold up. But I just thank you for the opportunity to be here. And you're right, Ray, I never thought you'd make it. <laughs> uh, which is not true. Uh, Ray was, was always bright. And, uh, but I didn't see the uh, management skills that he has. Uh, and it's just, it's gone from one manager to, the, to another and finally uh, to Ray uh, and Esco has just, uh, it's outperformed any talent that I ever had. Uh, but uh, it, uh, it's been a pleasure. It's been a real ride, I tell you. Uh, in 1964, with a pregnant wife, two small sons, $40 in the bank, one mortgage on the car, two on the house, I quit my job and went in business. There's no way in the world I, I should have survived. The Lord... <laughs> he, he, he 
has guided me through throughout the whole throughout the whole process. There is a difference between a professional manager and an entrepreneur. The uh, professional manager uh, he plans, organizes, implements that plan, and then he he sets forth the things that will control what he's what he has planned. That's the professional manager. That's Ray. The entrepreneur says to hell with all of that. <laughs> I know what I'm going to do, and you go out and do it. And sometimes you're right, and sometimes you're wrong, and uh, we've made our share of mistakes, but luckily uh, we have made uh, uh, more right turns uh, than uh, we have wrong. Uh, I made a list here of some of the businesses that we uh, have been in. We uh, started the electric heat business back in the 70s uh, when the utilities said that uh, they would work with me and partner with us. After two years, they backed out and left us saddled with the whole thing. Uh, sheet metal shop, we bought a sheet metal shop. I don't think you even know that, Ray. Yeah, I, yeah, it was... Uh, okay. Uh, we uh, bought the shop because when we were in the electric heat business, the uh, sheet metal contractors wouldn't price us our ductwork. So I bought a non-union uh, uh, sheet metal shop. That didn't work out too well, so I... I sold it to what has become LADCO, and I'm sure you've all heard of LADCO. We bought a sign company, an outdoor sign company. We have 11 counties of billboards, and uh, I see young Mr. Neighbor back here. And when I say young Mr. Neighbor, uh, <laughs> uh, his dad, Maury, used to get so damn mad at me because <laughs> he would call me up every Monday morning and show me the overdrafts and <laughs> let me know whether he was going to whether he was going to cover them or not and finally I told him Maury the minute you don't cover one of my overdrafts you better know how to run an electrical business. <laughs> <laughs> that really pissed him off. <laughs> we got into uh, development. We built ground transportation center, much to the chagrin of my wife. Uh, uh, she was right. She was always right. Uh, but uh, we got into computerizing with the uh, with the industries. Uh, we were the first to uh, bring computers into the uh, uh, and replace the relay logic of, uh, of industry. I didn't learn a damn thing at that seminar. It was a week long. But at the end of the week, I asked, and there were 
engineers there from Cargill, uh, Quaker, General Mills, John Deere. I asked them who was going to do the actual hands-on computerizing. They, uh, they said, we don't have time. So I hired the instructor, much to the grin, chagrin of uh, Van Meter. Uh, we hired the instructor uh, and started our own computerized, and that became ASC, and that's one of our biggest, uh, uh, how does that break down now sales-wise? That's about 50-50 of our business, Wayne. Is that right? Yep. Uh, so we'll do close to probably 80 million dollars in sales this year. Holy, how many zeros is that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a recovering accountant, I'll have to go back and check. <laughs> One thing I did, uh, much to Brownie's uh, chagrin, and my son David, who was running the company then, I ordered uh, a quarter of a million dollars worth of testing equipment. Uh, do you remember what Ray, what Dave said? No, I don't. I remember. Uh, I think the uh, the interesting story, if you go back, and this this is one of the beautiful things of of Wayne, and and I don't think Wayne actually gets really enough credit from when he says he's a true entrepreneur's entrepreneur. Um, and, and Wayne's right. Entrepreneurs, you know, they'll have a vision and they'll go get it. The the special thing that Wayne always had that, that I recognize, you know, after a, a few years at ESCO is the market potential of that idea. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, you know, they'll get an idea of, hey, I can go sell something, but they don't really test the market to figure out, you know, if that market's going to be there. And then usually they're so passionate about that idea, they won't, they won't give up that idea. And, um, you know, the testing equipment really goes back to the deregulation days. Um, California was just going through utility deregulation and a lot of the states were going to be looking at that and Wayne being the entrepreneurial and talking about some of these other businesses that uh, they developed, he, he's like, we really need to capture this deregulation that's gonna be going on in the state of Iowa. So he created a company called Lambda 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 and um, you know, it wasn't probably until about six months into that original vision of hiring some electrical engineers and really kind of being that consultant, what Alliant does today for a lot of businesses, um, that that wasn't going to take place because all the deregulation that was happening in California was just, it was not working out. It was actually just a, just a major disaster. And it was pretty quickly that Wayne pivoted and said, well, what we really need to focus in on is standby generation. That was a big thing at the time and created a, actually that company that was supposed to focus on the deregulation, focused on standby generation because that's where the market potential was of that. And as standby generation market kind of slowly was starting to slow down, Wayne kind of looked at that and said, well, we need to probably pivot again. You know, it was the, one of the big things coming out of the standby generation was all the electrical testing that you had to do to bring those uh, facilities uh, online. I think one of the, our biggest flagship projects, and you know, if you'd monetize it to today's dollars, it's still probably one of the largest. We 
we put a, a very large standby generation facility for Principal Financial in downtown Des Moines, and that facility is there, there today. But those testing folks, they had to bring all that equipment online that it tested out, do all the arc flash um, uh, analysis to, you know, for the, the PPP that you had to wear when you get close to that stuff. Um, in addition, just you had to continually do that on a regular basis. You had to maintain it around a proactive uh, piece. And so Wayne brought a, a business strategy to, to, to Dave at the time, and he goes, I'm gonna go buy a quarter million dollars of testing equipment. And I think we had <coughs> one or two testing people at the time, and um, and uh, but Wayne was was adamant that that market was there, and and, and I think that's really what you're, you're talking about. And and it's you know that ability as a, a professional leader to say, hey, you know, you know, there's a vision that's there. How do you attach it to the market potential? And and uh, you know that was a really one of them. Uh, Incredible stories, just one of many that Wayne uh, had happened, and, and we uh, developed the company was called Esco Energy Services at a time. So we rebranded the name and focused on what they actually did um, was around standby generation and, and testing. Um, but just a really great adamant to connecting uh, really that that entrepreneurial spirit with the vision to that market potential that was there. You said that just right, Ray. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't close it off by, by that testing company. Uh, we turned around and sold for $2 million. So that didn't hurt the pot either. Uh, why don't we watch this film? Yeah, no, the, the, we got uh, just a, a quick uh, uh, snapshot up there. And, you know, I think I'd go back, you know, one of the things... You know, just talking about um, the uh, the bedrock that um, that Wayne um, and, and the son David really established, and, and surely was you know establishing core values around your business. And one of the things you know is in business that um, you know both uh, Wayne and, and Dave taught me very very loud and clear, and still still exists in Esco is. You need to make sure you're aligning your core values with businesses um, and clients and employees that uh, want to work for you, want to work for your clients. Because if you don't have aligned core values around what you're trying to accomplish, um, you know it's going to be a really hard go. Um, you know it's 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 really a partnership world out there with the relationships that that you take on, and and that's a collaborative approach that Wayne really took all the way back from when he, when he started the business. I mean, I can remember when, you know, stories of, of Wayne going back in the Caterpillar and, and trying to get in the Caterpillar plant over in Illinois. And, and uh, Wayne knew the plant manager, uh, the route that he would get in and out of the, uh, the uh, factory every day. And so every afternoon, Wayne would be at that exit gate to talk to that uh, plant manager around services that we could provide for him around some skids and some other things that they're building at that Caterpillar plant at the time. But a lot of it just resides in core values, having like-minded values in terms of how you want to do business together in the marketplace. Um, that was a big part of, of ESCO. And then these are some of the things that, um, that Wayne had talked about. And, you know, and I think that's the thing that I would first first and foremost say today about where ESCO is at today is 
you know, cert certainly we don't have Wayne's entrepreneurial uh, touch in terms of what he does every day, but the spirit of what Wayne has done really since 1964 lives in our team members at ESCO. We've got some amazing, talented people that have that entrepreneurial spirit that take uh, a lot of risks, um, you know, and also deliver on some really awesome outcomes for our clients in the marketplace. You know, I've got a fun job trying to trying to keep them in their in their lane, um, but I can tell you that entrepreneurial spirit that Wayne talked about um, lives deeply in ESCO, and I would say that for any of our businesses, you know, you always need to have that entrepreneurial spirit. You need to someone that's pushing you to think about, you know, where do we need to pivot? You know, where are the markets going? And Wayne's always been that person over the years. And, you know, when I step back, I'm the youngest of five boys. And the way I've learned is what works and what doesn't work. So maybe I was born for this job, Wayne, because... <laughs> Amen! Because <laughs> there's a lot of great examples in our history over 50 years of, uh, of where we made mistakes um, and where we got things right. And it's about learning from your mistakes. And that's one of the things that we celebrate today is, you know, some of our most tragic mistakes we share today. We lost a, you know, a near and dear employee at a job site, um, you know, some 20, 20 years ago. And, you know, that's a hard thing for us to talk about. Um, at the same time, if we don't talk about that, we're not honoring that employee. We're not, we're not honoring the employees that work for us. Um, that worked for us in the past. I mean, when when Wayne grew up and, and Gibbers and the Swans, I mean, you know, we've got a lot of fancy devices that do a lot of fancy stuff today. A lot of those were, you know, they touch it. Ah, ah, yep, that's hot. <laughs> you know? Yep, uh, today we've got some fancy devices, but, uh, you know, that's one of the, the bedrocks things that, as in any business, you've got to learn from your failures. And just like with Wayne's story on sharing around, you know, you know, checking, you know, cashing those checks that uh, weren't going to to, to uh, cash, I can tell you that every time that happened, he was learning from that and uh, looking at trying to pivot for the for the next thing that uh, that will work, um, you know. And I think that's something that you know Wayne established, um, you know, back in 1964, and certainly. Uh, through through his son David is, is something that still lives in in ESCO today, and uh, you know the the other thing that I think is the community aspect um, of getting involved, uh, making sure your business is involved in the communities, and you know it's a testament today to see all these familiar faces, um, and that's the reason why Wayne always selected um, Marion, um, you know having a voice you know, in a, in a community that will listen and that will make sure that you're heard and that you can make a difference. Um, you know, I know when Wayne was looking at pulling our headquarters in Uptown Marion, that's at, which actually just down the street uh, down here, I know Wayne was intimately involved in getting that 11th Street um, shut down so he could have kind of a uh, an office down there, but a lot of people may or may not know there's actually a triple X theater that was on 10th Street, you know, that wasn't maybe the greatest community asset for us at the time, depending on which side of the street, I guess, you came from. <laughs> um, but I think that was Wayne's first introduction to, for his two sons, Dave and, and Dan, and to, 
to be able to run a business, and so they turned that into a community uh, theater and offered family uh, movies for a dollar at the time. So, and uh, I think that was Dave and Wayne's, for, uh, or Dave and uh, Dave's uh, Dan's first uh, entrepreneurial uh, uh, project that they could run, and and. Uh, I know you got a lot of fond memories of doing a lot of big things like that for the community and making a difference for not just um, ESCO, but just our, our whole entire community. Um, all the way up until, you know, continue to give back, always being a learner. I know many of you know just the devastating floods that Cedar Rapids went through and, and um, Wayne days um, got together a retired group called the Old Farts, is gave, gave his name, because branding was a very important aspect. And I know they wired some hundred plus houses. Um, 281. There you go. I got to work on my sales. Usually, you know, some David always about, you know, like, how many employees do we, do we ever have? Well, you know, like 200, 225. Well, we got 500 employees. <laughs> but uh, Wayne was usually the exact one. But two, yeah, 281 houses. Um, you know, and I think even to this, Day, I think there's still uh, some of that old farts that are active in the community, but I know just up until last couple of years, you guys are still crawling around in attics and, <laughs> and helping out those residential uh, uh, families that uh, are most at need in our community. But uh, giving back was, you know, certainly near and dear to uh, ESCO's heart. And, you know, the other piece is, is just having great business partners. I think that's, you know, Wayne, you know, is, given uh, a little bit of uh, a tough time to uh, uh, the neighbors but uh, that that's a real thing it's you know you need to have you know business partners that will go to bat for you that you know not aren't going to look at a spreadsheet or income statement you know if you're running a business that they understand your passion they understand the market the market potential you know because not all businesses are going to go great you know so you need business partners that are going to be there for you in thick and thin and i can tell you you know not just from the professionals you know the bankers the legal but also your suppliers as well you know there's always going to be a time when you know things don't go right and you need to call and develop a partnership and and wayne was great you know great at that those are things that still exist at esco today but i think are just great lessons for all of us to, to learn from and um you know, knowing that there's there's a, a, a person behind that. And uh, and I think this, the you know, flip side is true is, is those professionals are there to guide you. They're, they're guardrails that are real. And I know one of the things that you know, son, his son David was really passionate about is, is growing the business and, and his tenure was trying to get an outside board of directors. And um, so we never did do that in, in David's tenure. But, uh, that's something that I took on and, and actually put together an outside board of directors. So when your business does get to a certain size, you know, it's important that you get some professional help, really get yourself around people that will help grow your business. And I know Wayne had did that informally, you know, ever since uh, 64 growing up, you know, he had uh, um, a group of individuals in the Cedar Rapids area that you leaned on quite a bit. You want to talk a little bit about that, Wayne? Who were they? Uh, Dave Hughes and your, the three amigos, <laughs> you call them. I do know there are more, way more than one success story in the room. Among them is Patty Wise. She uh, 
does a great job with computerizing uh, Mr. Neighbor, of course, uh, and, and I, I shouldn't start naming because I, I'll miss somebody for sure, but there are so many success stories in the room. Among them is Medco. Medco has just done a, a, a great job. I know they, they called on me to support them financially, and I said, yes, I will support you, but you'll never make it. <laughs> have you guys ever done a great job? Uh, I don't really have a lot more to say about ESCO. I just, I'm honored that people would come out and, uh, and listen to what we have to say. Uh, Ray has far outperformed my expectations. He has become a manager. Uh, he was a bean counter when we hired him. Uh, he uh, has been up to the challenge every step of the way. But uh, uh, I just thank everyone for being here. Like I told you, I was going to run out of voice, and I have. Yeah. Thank you. I know today we we didn't get into you know the things that we do. I think you know these are the the business units that, uh, that Wayne's uh, handprint, footprint, uh, son David's uh, footprints are all over. Today we market ourselves as the, uh, the ESCO group. We've done that since 96. And um, we have a lot of different logos that we've gone through over the years. Uh, but safety consulting, that's something that we still do today. Uh, we actually a big believer in giving back to um, the associations and communities. So. Our lead safety um, uh, leader, uh, Jason Wolf, he actually sits on the National NFPA 70E committee. They actually make the, uh, the laws, uh, recommend the electrical laws uh, around the safety compliance uh, every year. Um, so it's a big part, but it's also a big uh, strategy as well, having that, that expertise in, in developing, uh, delivering safety consulting services the NFPA 70E uh, analysis that we talked about from testing. So we don't do the specific testing uh, services today. Um, a big part of that when we sold that business is uh, much, much like in accounting and CPA world, you have to have uh, independence. If you're out auditing your books, um, you can't have the same auditor doing your books as well. And so that uh, testing Association is governed by National Electrical Testing Association and uh, we became a NEDA certified uh, company um, um, through uh, Wayne's uh, leadership and we grew that to a point where there was an independence on a lot of the projects that we're doing and so really to continue to grow that under uh, our contracting business platform really uh, didn't make sense for us at that time which was one of the reasons we had to, we had to, to sell that. Uh, one of the things we didn't have to sell is the electrical engineering that came out of that. And so we still do that today under ESCO Power. So a lot of the feed engineering. So if a plant's going to be upgrading a big uh, manufacturing process, we can come in and do all electrical schematics and help them understand the, uh, the infrastructure that they need to build around that, or even a building like this, um, it's, it's obviously commercial, but we actually will do a, a heavy commercial projects. We, St. Luke's is here, they're a great client of ours. We'll do a lot of the schematics for 
those uh, what I'd call light industrial, heavier commercial projects around electrical engineering. And then we have our uh, Esco Electric Company that's been around since 64, like Wayne. Uh, so today we don't do any residential uh, work, although we, we are dabbling a little bit in some standby generation um, uh, backup, just a big need in our community <coughs> to help some houses out, get some standby generation. But most part, it's uh, industrial base. It's probably about 80% of what we'll do out of the uh, industrial. But we have a really neat platform on the electrical side. You know, we, all, we, we run about 30 service trucks. And that service truck driver can take care of a variety of, of, of facilities. And so they're their on-site facilities person, or if they need to bring in a crew, they can bring in a bunch of resources behind them. Um, and then we can scale that up to <clears throat> you know, Fortune 500 uh, companies where we're embedded in those facilities 24-7, 365. And I believe we take care of probably approximately about 30 industrial facilities around the United States. Uh, day in, day out. And uh, so we call that out of our electrical contracting business plant services. And then the, uh, the business that Wayne started um, in uh, 1988 was uh, uh, Esco Automation. And I know he, he told the story, but one of the pieces of that story is interesting. And this is where, you know, as an entrepreneur, you go in your, into your business and, and things are evolving so fast, especially in our industries is you have to always be open to what that next idea is. You know, in our industry, you know, digital 4.0, industry manufacturing 4.0, you know, machine learning, you know, AI, you know, having co-robots that can help you do manufacturing process. I mean, those things are in manufacturing, but they're also in commercial settings as well. I know, you know, we have St. Luke's here. They have a lot of AI and things that they do around that healthcare process. Those things are in um, also in the industrial uh, process as well. And we also have a lot of legacy systems out there. You know, <coughs> General Mills, a local customer of ours, they've been making fruit roll-ups since 1970 at the Cedar Rapids plant. They still do that today. And actually some of that technology that they're making fruit roll-ups is it's the same technology from 1970. <laughs> and so you can see where that, you know, our industry is just completely evolving and you know you have those legacy systems really embracing the new technologies out there and that's where uh, ESCO automation comes into play and and the story that Wayne would always would share is when that you know we got called to do a conveyor lane uh, process out there and uh, General Mills had hired a consultant to to figure out how to do some programming so like some computers were actually going to uh, run the manufacturing conveyor line process and <clears throat> that individual was uh, John Reske was the General Mills consultant that they hired and um, I'd say by the end of the the next night Wayne and uh, his son uh, Dave took John out for dinner um, the following night and I think by the following day he was our first ESCO automation uh, employee at the time <laughs> and uh, really became the birth of, of, uh, of ESCO automation. Uh, back then it was called automation systems and control. And even today, I think when you look at that business, it's, it's really called the systems integrator business. And the systems integrator business, I actually said on the, the board of directors for that association, we're like having an identity crisis ourselves because system integration really doesn't do the justification for what a lot of these SIs do in the, in the marketplace today. 
Um, but you have to always be evolving your business and ready for the next thing. Um, otherwise, you're, you're going to get run over by your competition or your customer's going to do it themselves. Um, and uh, um, yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that we, <coughs> that I, I looked at uh, really focusing on is, is, you know, back in, you know, when I grew up in the, with ESCO in the, in the 90s, late 90s, you know, all these were separate business units and were, were created really big silos. There were business units to kind of run on their own. And if we were really gonna grow into the, the bigger company that we really could be and scale up nationally, we knew that we had to break down a lot of those silos. And um, so I know not just from a marketing standpoint, but today we, we're very much trying to break down those cycle, uh, silos and we, we try to focus on uh, one ESCO, um, you know, around that entrepreneurial spirit that Wayne talked about. And uh, the things that we really, which I'm getting ready to write an article for Stacy over here, a marketing director um, for this week's um, uh, uh, weekly news is she wanted me to write an article around why did we become an ESOP? Um, so ESOP is an, uh, basically employee ownership trust where all the employees through that trust own the, own the company. And um, it really was embedded in, in you know, Wayne's you know, entrepreneurial spirit. <clears throat> you know, if you go and look in the directory today, you know, there's probably a half dozen or more um, electrical companies out there, big ones, not just like the LADCO, the sheet metal, that actually got their start at ESCO, uh, ESCO Electric. And uh, very much like Wayne, they had entrepreneurial spirit and they wanted to go off and do their own thing around whether it be residential or whatever. And there's some really great successful, <clears throat> what I would call co-petitors out there today. And, um, you know, that's one of the things that I think, you know, myself and my team recognized is, is you know, how, how can we not lose those great entrepreneurs that want to go out on their own? And that was one of our big justifications for becoming an, an ESOP was, you know, being able to give back to our employees. Um, really, our mission, if you think about it, is is people first. You know, we're focused on client outcomes. We want to generate a fair profit. We always want to be innovating, just like talk about those pivoting things that all of our businesses go through. And uh, but creating lasting value, and I think that's what Wayne did. I think. One of my most precious times every year is our ESCO Christmas party where we, we actually all get together, um, try to bring everyone from out of town that we can. And we also bring in our retiree groups that, are, that Wayne's affectionately branded the old farts. And, um, and we, we celebrate. And I think last year just talked about we had some 30 um, old fart retirees and their spouses and you talk about lasting value that you know that's to me is lasting value and all the families that they have the communities <clears throat> that they support the communities that we support and then I was giving our, our young we had a couple young engineers that just started and I was giving them a hard time and uh, giving them a you know joking around with them I think one of them might have been dating another one I don't think I knew that until I asked them that question <laughs> <laughs> found out that ESCO is a dating service, I guess. <laughs> um, but just creating lasting value. So that's really our, our mission today. And we focus around uh, really solutions, competencies, domain expertise, and geographics. But the one thing I was going <clears> to <throat> end on before I open up for questions is, 
is the things that we, you know, just like that ESCO energy, that's probably the, you know, there's a few, few mistakes that you always have regrets on in, in your lifetime. And, and um, you know, one of them was, you know, although we got a really fair profit, I would say is selling the testing business that Wayne and said, and, and back in the day, our corporate model that we had wasn't established for us to own, you know, a separate entity like that. Um, because our Esco Electric, <clears throat> and we're very proud to be a union partner with our local IBEW. They do amazing, amazing, amazing work in our community and for um, and whatnot. But also, it comes with a lot of other um, things around what you can do outside of your other business. And so, one of the things we did with um, uh, creating the 100% ESOP is we actually created a a new holding company, which is actually truly uh, a holding company model. We still market it as the ESCO Group. It's actually called Scintilla DBA ESCO Group Company. And so now we actually have separate entities. You know, so you think about that entrepreneurialism, you know, that ne the next thing out there. So we can start that next new thing, put it in a separate entity, and it won't mess up our other businesses' potential. Or if we got an employee that has a crazy new idea that they want to try try something, we'll try. We've tried some really interesting stuff over the years that hasn't worked out. Uh, so we, we'll always continue to try try those new things. But our new structure today really allows us to to do that without disrupting our other other business units that we do today. But anyway. Ray, yep. one thing that uh, one person who never gets enough credit. And the success of uh, ESCO is my wife, Shirley. She uh, never said no. It's true the phone was beside the, it, it, the phone was in the basement beside the washing machine so she could, while she was washing diapers, she could answer the telephone and uh, she hung with it. She maintained a positive attitude throughout the years. And uh, I rarely remember to mention her. So uh, I want you all to know that she, we, Esco would not be here today if it weren't for her. Yeah, I think that goes without saying. I think all of us, you know, for, I know Shirley was a big part of, of uh, Esco growing up and certainly impacted me, I know. She befriended my wife, Lori, and uh, you know I think the one of the things that uh, the spouses and you know any business when you're entrepreneurial is is just that you know that hundred percent you know support in whatever you think you can do and anything is possible and it's it's definitely good to have cheerleaders like that and uh, Wayne, you're absolutely right. I think you know we need to definitely surely when we lost her just a couple years ago. Um, you know, that definitely those spouses need to get a lot more credit, that's for sure. Amen to that. I'm not a very good employee. <laughs> in that I question too many things. The contractor that I worked for was a crook. And I didn't, when I looked around, I thought, if I go to work for somebody else, are they going to be any better? And then I just wanted to work for me. I just wanted to call my own shots and pay the price if I was wrong. And I have paid the price many times.
individualism. I'm an entrepreneur, that's why. <laughs> yeah, I'll That's, um, you know, it's, it's hard, Alan, and that the realization that you got to practice it every day, you know, and you're especially, you know, all your touch points that you have. So, you know, for us is making sure the people understand what their roles and outcomes are. And, you know, having an evolving business, I can tell you, we, we struggle that with that a lot, you know, so really just having those individual conversations around, um, you know, these are the things that you own and these are your expected outcomes. I think it starts there. On that, it, you know, you gotta teach it every day, just like with the ownership. I think, you know, that's the thing that, you know, I took for granted when I, <clears throat> when we first, myself and, and four others bought the business from, from Wayne's son, David, back in 2004, I was a CFO at the time. And, you know, I just kept doing my day job. Like, eh, I'll just keep doing my day job. Things like things are working. What I realized is you got you to teach. You know, you got to have a vision like Wayne, entrepreneurial. You have to teach things like teaching ownership. So like we have a town hall, monthly town hall every month. I actually talk about core values, not just these core values, but I bring up exact, real examples, either good, bad, or different that have happened in our business to share that behavior because that's what people really need to see and they need to be really comfortable just like mental health and workplace it's okay to talk about mental health those are real things employees are struggling just like with accountability if you're going to really have a difficult conversation and hold someone accountable you got to practice that every day i can tell you when i was first to see phil recovering i sucked at crucial conversations <laughs> Because I didn't get the empathy thing, and Wayne could probably attest to this. You just went to the outcome, not the empathy part of why they did what they did. You know, so learning to lead with empathy in that conversation, um, and and ultimately, you know, the the holy grail is peer-to-peer -peer accountability. When you see uh, peers uh, take care of it, but I, I tell you what, it still goes back to the top. If you've got things going around in your organization, if you got a bigger organization and things accountability is not happening it is on the leader because the leader sets the pace the leader sets the expectations and i know that's one of the things that i grew up when i first became the cfo just doing my day job like i don't want to disrupt the apple chart like we're just going to keep going doing what we're doing you know that that only gets you so far and then you start losing really great employees and I'll say today, you know, are we per perfect? Absolutely not. Uh, but that peer-to-peer -peer accountability is a big part of how we teach ownership today. You know, our employees, we talk about ESOPs, you know, we might want to make sure they're heard, make sure they're valued. That doesn't just go with ESOP companies. That should be any business, making sure your employees are heard and valued, um, but also knowing their expectations and how to, how to handle that, uh, that crucial conversation. But uh, it's something that we'll continue to, just like with our safety program, I think we didn't touch upon our safety program, but just talking about <clears throat> the innovative nature of, of, of safety. And I know we joked about taste to touch and, you know, that was the era that back in the 70s, 
And it was really, Wayne was the first uh, contractor in town that hired the first safety director out of any contractors. First that. one in the state. First one in the state. And I guarantee you there's, there's business partners that you do business with today, they still don't get safety. I mean, we got some co-petitors of ours that are, <clears throat> they're one accident away from killing someone or blowing up a building. And a lot of your customers don't see that because all they're doing is looking at the lowest price. Like, what's the lowest price? You know, and they don't see what's behind the walls. All they know is there's lights coming on or off. But you know, there's consequences to making sure that you do things right. And you know, and I'm proud to say safety is one of our core values today. But yeah, just like that safety program, you know, what we've evolved at Wayne was out of the era that was all about <clears throat> compliance. And it was almost, you know, we'd go in to meet with a client and you know, one of our employees was like, yeah, Esco's pretty sick. They're, they're like the safety Nazis when it comes to safety. And you know, that's where you have, you have to start. I mean, but you have, to, you have to lead to the behavioral side, the empathy side, and that's where we're at today. You know, so weekly we share near misses. Um, we share you know, the good, the bad of that near miss, if, you know, a safety violation, we share that today. I think that's, you know, if you want to get to accountability, you got to do the same thing. You got to create a behavioral environment around what accountability looks like. It's, you just, core value, it starts with that, but they have to, how do you get those things to be living, breathing things that you see and witness every day?